Awesome. Well, Jeff, welcome to the Inroads podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me. We have so much to cover and I'm excited because it's not just about what you've done and the amazing things you've accomplished, which we are going to hear about, but really want to get to the heart of who you are and the character that you've had and the stories that you, things that you've experienced that have made you who you are today to be able to achieve the things that you've achieved. So welcome and thank you again for being here. Thanks for having me. So I want to take you back to being five years old. If you were driving in a car right now with your five-year-old self and you're headed down the road and you're having a conversation with your five-year-old self, what do you think your five-year-old self would be most surprised by about your career and where you are today? Wow. Uh, so five-year-old self would have been shocked that I became a professional athlete because that wasn't in the cards. So growing up in our household, speaking about being a professional athlete was like, I don't know, cussing. It really? Was like, it was so far from like what any type of aspiration or goal that my parents would even allow me to set because in my parents' mind, and I think it's, it's reality. Yeah. It's like, that's a long shot. And I was a good athlete, but they wanted me to focus on academics. It was mm. mom was a school teacher, dad was a naval officer, super focused on academics, getting her grades, and becoming an aeronautical engineer. Like that wow. was that, that it was like <laughs> like from the path, like like from a very early age. Yeah. That was the path, and you know, so to be had a NFL career, played ten years, that would have been. And it certainly would have been shocking. Especially with some of the heights that you had. So run through your pinnacle points there, like some of the best moments. Best moments, playing football at Notre Dame, drafted in the first round, you know, at one point, highest paid center in the NFL. You know, those are all things I, I, I kind of joked once to my business partner. I was like, I was the best in the world twice. You yeah. know, I was being drafted first and then, you know, highest paid. And that itself is certainly accomplishments, but there's some of the things that I'm sure we'll get into that are, you know, even higher on that list now yeah. than those. But from a just pure professional career, my initial career as an athlete, those would probably be the, the highest points. So looking back, knowing that that was how the household and the culture and the upbringing was, I'm sure that they were proud of you and I'm sure that they were really excited to see where everything turned. But was there a point where you had this self-identity shift and you realized that this maybe not have been your path, but it was the path that you were gifted with and that you worked really hard to strive and achieve. And was there any kind of conflict within you because you might've felt that that would have been the last thing that you would have expected or they would have expected? No, it wasn't ever a conflict and, and everything kind of just moves so fast, right? In a way it moved fast in a way it moved extremely slow, but how it moved fast is that we were just never, we were never really prepared for the next phase. Yeah. Right. It, it was, we got started getting recruited heavily in high school. That was a shock. It was wow. like, what, what is this? Like what's happening yeah. here, you know? And and then go to Notre Dame and, and still just don't, even at Notre Dame, we're it's still not in the cards. We're still not even thinking that we still think that being a professional athlete is, is a long shot. Right. Right. And it just kept sneaking up on us to the point where even on draft day, didn't expect to go in the first round because I because of my position and ended up going in the first round completely shocked. They sent the plane to come get us. I didn't have a suit. Like it was oh like, it was like so unprepared. Right. You know, and it's just because we're, we're naive. And at the same time, it was just happening so fast yeah. where we just, we're just rolling with it, you know, and my parents first and probably last time they'd ever been on a private plane. It was like an experience in itself for them just going and and being a part of that and that's just how it kind of kept going so yeah. it wasn't ever a point where we we're just like 
it just didn't work out with the way that we wanted it to. Right, right. Like, I mean, it was, it, it was, worked out the way. It, it worked out the way that it did. Yeah. And, and not only that, it, it was, you know, beyond our wildest expectations. You know, I had always worked hard. I had always focused on, loved athletics, loved working hard in athletics, but it was just, it, was, it just wasn't something that we were uh, banking on happening. Right. So if you were to have one of your best friends in the car, this little mythical car that we're driving down the road, mm-hmm. If you were to have one of your best friends, how would they describe what you do today for work? A lot of <laughs> a lot of my best friends, I swear, like when I put out something on, you know, some type of post or media, they're like, I, now I kind of understand uh-huh. what you do, you know? <laughs> so I, I think a lot of them would say that I help, I help people with their finances in some way or fashion, right? And then on the professional side and then on the philanthropic side, I help people. I help young people and really... It's really interesting. A lot of it, you know, talking about the DNA and what's happening kind of past transitioning into the future. A lot of it has to do with, I believe, has to do with me being an offensive lineman. And and what I mean by that is an offensive lineman really, they're really working for others the whole time. You're working to protect the quarterback. You're making a hole for the running back. You're just, you're protecting and creating opportunities for others. Right. Right. And so that's, that in itself, I think, is is a little bit of my DNA that is just extended into different levels and different areas of my yeah. professional life and, and obviously my philanthropic it's life. It's very thematic, the core of, and that goes exactly to what is interesting because when you talk about who you are and how you go about life, the things that we do and the roles that we play, mm-hmm. the character and the virtues that you have, if you are aligned with your authentic self, that's the entombment point. And so... If you were to take a look at that, that's your theme, and then you went from pro athletics, and then you're now moved into helping people with finances, I would have to think that there's some kind of moral internal GPS, some kind of compass inside you that's driving you from a virtuous perspective. So how would you describe the characteristics or traits that got you along this journey to here? Uh, So I think... First and foremost, extremely, extremely disciplined. Mm. That comes along with being, you know, an athlete and having, if you're wanting to be able to compete at the highest level, there's a lot of those things that without the discipline, really everything else falters. And then I think, you know, extremely focused and diligent, you know, also comes along the lines with, with being disciplined. But, you know, most importantly, I think having an awareness to be able to sacrifice and put yourself, you know, almost second, mm-hmm. you know, for the greater good. Yeah. It goes back to being an offense alignment, right? And, and I, I don't want to make it like, like our whole talk today about being about an offense alignment, but but really that is it was such a big part of my life. Yeah. And helped shape, you know, really how I look at so much of the world yeah. and, and how I in my place in the world. That piece of it is, you know, vital to my success. Yeah, absolutely. And if you've gone through a period of realizing seeing so much success in that part of your career, mm-hmm taking those themes of who you are, your character and the purpose that you have and now doing what you're doing in the business world. How was that shift from sports to entrepreneurial life and into the business? Yeah, it's, it's competing, right? It's so in sport, it was competing at a very, very high level. In business, it's competing too. I mean, it, it's, it's a competition. Yeah. The, the score is obviously, you know, the money you make, the money you make for others, the way you improve others' lives, your lives, your family's lives, everybody around, you know, and it's that competition and, and really just doing it the right way. Right. It's, you know, I think you can, there's a lot of people that unfortunately make a lot of money that, in Mm -hmm. in my opinion, probably don't do it the right way. Don't, you know, don't lay down there, you know, at night and put their head on their pillow and feel good about what they're doing. Yeah. You know, deep down core inside. Yeah. You know, that's important. 
it's important, you know, because at, at the end of the day, I have, and a lot of people have, you know, I have two little boys that are watching me every, you know, every step of the way yeah. with my sons. And, and it's important for me to show them how to do it the right way. So when you say the right way, how expand on that? What do you, you, when you lay your head down at night and you feel good about it, what does that look like? Yeah, I think, you know, so I think that if you approach things with righteous intentions, mm -hmm. regardless if someone accepts it well or not, if you're doing it for the right reasons, yeah. if you're doing it with righteous intentions and you're doing it along, you know, really kind of the path of, you know, not to make it super, you know, spiritual, but, the, you know, almost the path that like Jesus or God yeah. would take, like that is something that you should be able to feel good about, yeah. you know, and if you're, you're thinking about raising others and, and doing things that can improve, you know, everybody around you, your whole circle, yeah. that's what, you know, in my opinion is, is really kind of doing it the right way. Now, do you think that, this is part nature, part nurture, or where do you think, because there's a lot of people out there that will often wonder what the right decision is. They get very conflicted based on either external pressures or expectations or cultural implications. And I think sometimes it's hard for them to really zone in on what that compass, what that direction, that GPS is telling them to do inside. So with that, where do you think that these came from? Did they already exist or were they cultivated oh, through no, your experiences? No, yeah, it does it, it's mostly is is cultivated in childhood through through good parenting. Yeah. You know, a good a good childhood of being raised the right way. You know, there's, you know, probably, you know, thank God my mom has passed away. She'd probably go to jail for a lot of stuff she used to do to me, but it was good stuff. I mean, it's like, you know, the saying you straighten a tree when the tree's young, right? Yeah. And and then you can't straighten it once it's once it's old. And so that's I was straightened a lot. <laughs> Put it that way. Yes. Yeah. So we won't talk about how <laughs> that tree was straight. We'll yeah, that yeah, we can leave it out. Leave that part out. That's straight. But, but you know what, though, it's that's where it started, and it continued to be massaged and continued to be molded into you know really where it's become today. Yeah. Throughout you know really a lot of stops in my life you know, in high school with coaches, coaches in, in sport has always been a central part of sure. my you know kind of upbringing in life, and and it's really you know continued on through where you know, to my staff, my employees, everybody that works with me, like I try to approach it in a very similar way. And so I don't, I think that there's some natural characteristics that are born in everybody mm -hmm. that, you know, you might want to seek good rather than seek evil. But, but at the end of the day, I think that really how you approach life, a lot of it is really developed over time. Yeah. And I think that the conditions and the environments that we put ourselves in, but also the boundaries and things that we say no to. And I can imagine with what you've seen and experienced, you've been in situations where you had to make a choice. I'm either going to hang out with this crowd or hang out with that crowd, or I'm going to stay more disciplined and not stay out late so I can wake up next morning ready to you know rock and roll and go. And how would you say that you've established your boundaries to be able to protect those virtues? Yeah, I think a lot of it also too goes back to parenting, right? I was I was the kid in high school that wasn't allowed to like stay at other kids' houses. Mm -hmm. I was the kid that wasn't allowed to stay out past like ten o'clock at the max, you yeah. know, even on the weekends, you know. And so that carried on. I, I kept those same that, that same approach, even though my parents weren't there in college, yeah. where I just approached it differently, you know. And it was it was just the way that that I prepared myself, continued to to develop and continue to evolve was was really shifted on, you know, kind of that snowball that started at right. the top of the hill with my parents, you know, where it was a small little ball and just became, you know, kept growing, kept growing, kept learning new lessons. A big part of it is is really driven by that. How do you differentiate because you have a quiet confidence about you, like a humility, but you're obviously really solid and resolute in who you are and what you have to offer. And I think that also requires a certain amount of inner strength. 
how do you think that you've been able to maintain, aside from everything that's happened around you, because that's all external, right? On the internal side, how have you been able to maintain that connection to yourself, that confidence, but not have it turned into arrogance or ego? So, you know, and everybody's heard this in a different way. My dad used to always beat it into my head, two ears, one mouth, yeah. you know, you know, listen, listen, listen. And, and so when you're sitting and, and I sit with folks and, and we're in meetings, I'm oftentimes, you know, Hey, you're not contributing. What, like, no, I, I'm think I'm when I contribute, it, it will mean something, yeah, you yeah. know? And so it's going to be super meaningful, but it, it, at the end of the day, it, we're, we're all part of the same world. We're all part of this whole thing. You know, some folks might shine in a different way at different times in our yeah. lives. And so, you know, at, at the same time, you can, you can, you can, you know, really kind of turn and have a bad day, you know, and you need to be able to show up in those days as well. Yeah. Right. And so it's not great to boast and be bold and, and flashy on your good days. You need to be able to keep it. Keep it all it evens out. It all stuff. evens out yeah, sometimes. Absolutely. So the idea that there had to have been times where it wasn't always ideal or mm -hmm. times where you might have either failed or you might have felt like you weren't your most secure. Where were parts along your journey or even just one that you think was a roadblock or something that you didn't expect to go through that was really, really hard? And, and what happened with that? Sure. Very first, the, the first time I had to deal with something like that, uh, professionally, like whether, you know, along my entire path, it was in football is when I, I was released by the Buccaneers. And mm -hmm. so I was released by Tampa Bay, Greg Schiano, it came, it got brought in to be the head coach, you know, and so our head coach got fired, Raheem Morris and uh, Greg wanted his guy, you know, he wanted his guy from college. And so that was the first time that I had ever, and at any level been rejected wow. like of sport. Right. And so, and I, I still remember I was, I had business interactions and, and dealings while I was playing and I was on a business trip in Bermuda when I got the call from my agent and he said, Hey, I think you're going to get released by the bucks. I said, what are you talking about? Like it was, it called yeah. me from, from, you know, left field, you know, I was a four-year captain. I, you know, like this, this was my team, right. you know? And so I called our general manager, Mark Dominic. And he, he said, yeah, he said, I said, Hey, are you guys cutting me? He said, you got, you should probably come in. I said, so I knew right then, like, yep. yeah, so I was That's like, all right, I'll be on a flight tomorrow, you know, and, and I'll be back in and, and, but that was hard. It was hard to deal with that. And, you know, I, I know that a lot of people probably dealt with it a lot earlier in their lives, right. With rejection at mm -hmm. some level, but really up until then, I, you know, this was, this was my ninth year in the NFL. Wow. You know, I'd never not started. I'd never been a backup. I'd never like, that was right. just not part of it. And so to deal with that, that was challenging. And and really at that time in my life, because I, I think almost you'd almost, you probably don't deal with rejection well, regardless of when it happens. Right. But for me to go that long, you know, and then to deal with that. And so that was probably the most challenging part, you know, and then there's, you, you can certainly take it into the business space, right? Sure. Where we've had, we've had misses where we've had to close restaurants or different bars or whatever it is, or, you know, close different businesses yeah. because it just didn't work each of those times. And even getting cut by the Buccaneers, it, it's a learning experience. Right. And it was, and I, I learned and I was reminded, I always, you know, you know, felt like I, I kept a good eye about this, but I was reminded that, that the NFL is a business. And that's, mm -hmm. that's what it is, you know, and, and frankly, players are commodities. And yeah. so you have to deal with that and understand that and accept that and to continue to deal with it. The cool thing about that experience, though, is that the way that it was handled by leadership. Okay. And because I knew that that was a tough decision for Mark. I was close with Mark, Dominic, yeah. the GM. And so I knew that I was 
a very, very uncomfortable, regardless at what level it sucks firing people. Yeah. You know, and that's what was happening there, you know. And so it was challenging for him. I saw how he handled it. I took from that ultimately how I'd like to be able to handle it with in the future as well. It, it, you know, every experience, if you if you have the ability to look at it in a certain way is a learning experience, regardless if it's happening to you right. or if, if you're just experiencing being part of it. And it sounds like in in the way that the conversation may have happened, there was a lot of dignity and respect and empathy there. And so then you were able to emulate and do that back, even though you were on the receiving end of the information. And then you carried that forward as you moved into business with your leadership roles and how you treated people. I think that's such an invaluable lesson because you can't always control the outcome. And from his perspective, as much as he may not have wanted that to happen, it's almost like he can't control it because he's got to protect the entity and you can't control it because there's not much you can do to change his mind at that point. So, yeah. And, and, you know, and not to get, not to get too deep into what was in his mind. Cause I certainly, I mean, we didn't, we didn't go too far into it, but I don't, I don't even know if he necessarily agreed. You know, it's just the new head coach that they were brought in to to take the team in a certain direction. Yeah. So you, you got to, you know, there's there's a saying, you know, the chef's got to buy their groceries to cook the meal, right? And so you, you got to kind of a little accept it in a way. And so for me, I mean, he even tried to do me a favor on the way out too. And this is, a, you know, part of it as well, where he was like, hey, we're not going to cut you today. We're going to try and trade you. And that's a big deal because they were try- he, what he was trying to do is get another team to honor my contract. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, all the contracts are not guaranteed. Most of the contracts are not guaranteed. Sure. So so you have to deal with that. But anyways, it was cool to see and a, and a great learning experience to see like really how leadership should handle transitions mm-hmm. and, and difficult ones. And it could have easily said, he could have easily answered that call when I called him and yeah. said, yeah, we're releasing you. Instead, he said, hey, I, no, you should come in because I'm going to do this face to face. Where we're in a kind of a world nowadays, Mm -hmm. we're in a world nowadays where people are getting fired over emails, getting released over emails and doing things like that. I mean, it's, you know, getting fired over a Zoom call. Like, I mean, you know, and so that's part of, you know, because you don't ever know, you might come, come across that person again in the future. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, and and Mm -hmm. you you, want to be able to make sure that you parted on good ways so that, you know, Mm -hmm. if, if something comes back around, it's, it's still good. And having gone through the line of work that I've gone through with the HR management and running the organizations from that perspective. Remember when I hit a really hard termination, a mentor of mine told me, you know, you really don't know what's next for people. The best thing that you can do is trust that all of your lives have a plan and that you treat them with respect and dignity in the moment you have them. And that's your responsibility. And it is about how things come back and how people can end up back in your life. But it sort of released the guilt and the the pain that comes with being on either side of that, because you just entrust that things happen for a reason. And every single time that I've seen, and I've had to go through that a lot, it's always come out that way where you do run into somebody later on, or it does come back to where there's an appreciation for how you handled them when delivering bad news. And it's, it is a challenging place to be in. If you were to, I I see a sense of, you know, you have this experience and you have something that's unexpected. It was almost like you were able to disassociate your ego from that situation, which I find fascinating because of all the things that you've been through and gone through that trait of being able to see it for what it is and make it simply that a moment in time an experience in time. What are you going to take from it? How are you going to move on is really critical. And and that's, that's very rare. And that's very, very hard, I think, for a lot of people to do. If you were to look at the idea of what you would want to define success to be, everybody defines those differently. And we're talking a lot about the characteristics and virtues and traits, but how does that translate to success? 
Oh, well, well, first, let me go back and say, I, I, just to clarify, it still sucked. <laughs> 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 you know, so I took a good lesson from it. So I'm not going to say it, did, it didn't bother me. But, but, you know, for success, you know, and, and to find success and take these lessons and to be able to convert them into success. I mean, I think ultimately, if you can always approach life in general, is that you're just going to continue to learn. Yeah and be open to learning you know be open to even not just even learning new data but learning new perspectives sure right yeah. you know as 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 you're educated and and informed and you know be able to keep an open mind about hey you might not be looking at this the right way right and if, as long as you can question yourself yeah in a, in a healthy way but question question yourself in a healthy way to say hey like be open to hearing other perspectives mm -hmm. because, you know, just because you feel like this is the right way, you were raised the right way, sure. you were raised this or like to be able to keep an open mind and learn that I think is is where you can take a lot of the pitfalls and challenges and things like that, where you can take those and, and help those usher your way and, and find a way to success yeah. to be able to help shape that. And as, as long as you're open to learn, that's the biggest piece. I think it's interesting because you say in a healthy way, and that reminds me of there's a lot of times when people are growing into new roles or new levels that they have the sense of self-doubt and self-doubt and, and questioning yourself or that imposter syndrome of not really feeling like you deserve to be where you are is yeah. very different than questioning yourself from a healthy paradigm and perspective. Absolutely. Where do you think people get the idea or the definition of success wrong? There's a lot of superficial, you know, at the top surface success, what people feel like is success. You know, I mentioned something a little bit earlier about being the highest paid center in the, in the NFL, you know, that can be taken in, in, in certain ways. Right. right. But the way that, the way that, you know, essentially you are at that level, the way that, that you are judged on who's the best is who's paid the best. Right. Yeah. And so the reality is that I think, again, it goes back to, you know, kind of your self check at the end of the night. If when you're laying your head on your pillow, do you feel good about what mm -hmm. you're doing? It doesn't necessarily have to be making like the most amazing amount of money or, you know, to be, you know, having all the, the trinkets and toys yeah. and all that stuff. It's, do you feel good about what you're doing? And because if you feel good about what you're doing, you found success, Yeah. you know, and you're, and as long as you continue to feel good about it, and as long as you continue to continue to grow and, and go into that way and, and not, you know, continue to progress and, and still feel good about it, that, yeah. that's success. That's, that's sticking to the core of what your purpose is and who you are and not selling that out for anything external or what society might say or think that you need to be or do. What would you say from this standpoint? Where are your roads taking you? What's next for you? Yeah, so we've we're going to continue to expand and what we're doing on the we have a life insurance firm that specializes in premium financing. We're going to continue to grow that and, and build that out, and we enjoy that. You got two offices between here and, and New York, and and works extremely well. Yeah. And then on the philanthropic side of things, it is you know for our our charity is called the Fane House, and. We're just continuing to to assist and, and help kids, you know, uplift them and, and encourage them and support them and just really help them, you know, max out their opportunities and, and do what they can do. Um, and, and that's what, you know, our focus is and, and it's what it's going to be. And, and we're really enjoying where we are right now with that. So if you were to be at the end of your journey, looking back in the rear view to be able to say, I know that I did life well, what would that look like at the very end? 
Uh, what would that look like at the very end? That that would look look like hopefully a long time from now. Um, <laughs> but it would be you know seeing my kids grow and develop into the young men that I hope they'll be. Yeah. You know, really leaving that is I think that that's the most important gift that you can give is the, you know for the next generation for them to be able to pay it forward to yeah. and, and for them to you know live very similarly in a, or at least where I felt like is a very righteous life and, and and doing things the right way I think you know for us to be on the professional side is to help a lot of people and mm -hmm. really secure a lot of futures and, and help just give a lot of security to, to families and, and and what they have in the future and then with the kids at the faint house I mean if, if that is something that I think will be if we can you know I, I tell people all the time it's the most rewarding thing that we do if we can uh, do what I believe we can do over time, that will be a give back because all of those kids will be impact. tremendous contributors to the local communities and, and broader communities. And, and that is something that at the end of the day, you know, for the amount of people that have rallied around that as well yeah. in our community, you know, it, it's a really big, big thing that I believe will help, you know, really make me feel good about, you know, hopefully done, done something, done something the, the right way. End up. And it's, yeah. it's, it's hard to be able to say, when you're looking at something like that, the inspiration that it gives you and the community that exists today, but then what it does do for the future, that in itself is that legacy work that is going to far supersede all the titles and all the money and all that stuff that we just talked about. So that's some pretty incredible work. Thank you for being with us Absolutely. and talking about your journey. The whole core content that we talk about and what we're trying to do is really take some of these lessons that people like you have learned and inspire others. So if you were to have one word or one sentence or any kind of parting advice for somebody listening that was digging deep in a situation that they may have been able to relate to some of the stories that you've shared, what would that be? Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's one word, but I think, you know, if, if everybody would just think, you know, going back to just feeling the meaning of success of feeling good about what you're doing, if, you know, not being afraid to reinvent yourself, not being afraid to take a mm -hmm. chance and to, to start over into a new direction, to, so that you can wake up and, or, and lay down and then wake up and feel good about what you're doing. That's the most important part in life is, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you're making. If you don't feel good about it, it's not going to be fulfilling. And Love so it, that, yeah. that would be it. So true. So true. Great advice. Thank right. you. Well, thank you for being with us, Jeff. Right. Thanks for having me.